0: Another weekend brings another opportunity for a signature win
1: for IU. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Hoosiers. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day, including this Friday. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Coming off the loss to Arizona last weekend, this was the gauntlet portion of IU schedule. They head into Allen field house in Kansas this weekend to preview that game. I brought on uh, one of my good friends, the assistant sports editor at the Kansas city star, Scott Chasen. and Scott, there has not been much of a uh, championship hangover for Kansas this season. They're kind of flying along. How's it, how's the season been going for the Jayhawks?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, it, it's got me a little bit surprised. Um, for those who don't know, I've covered Kansas. I mean, going back to even before I was in college, I was writing about them for a, a blog. But um, you know, it, there are really, really good Kansas teams that enter the season and, and they're top five, whatever. And this team was was in there, kind of in the rankings. I know they just dropped just because some other teams had impressive wins. But this team, you know, it, it lost a lot from the national championship team. Yeah, you you lose probably inarguably your three, maybe four of your five best players, give or take between, you know, Ochai Abaji and Christian Brown, who are both off to the NBA. Uh, David McCormick, a much maligned at time, big, uh, big man for KU, you know, Bill Self still wanted to play through him. And and so you lose that kind of identity and then you lose a guy in Remy Martin, who Wasn't even there the whole year, but made a bunch of key plays when they needed them, especially in that national championship game. So I think what you've seen is Jalen Wilson has stepped up. DeJuan Harris, the ever-steady Kansas point guard, his stats are unassuming. But Bill Self will tell you more often than not, he's the most important player in the game. Those guys have been pretty good. And then you add a star freshman like Grady Dick. And yeah, Kansas has been way better than I thought. Um, You know, Jacob, I was telling people before the season, this team looked like a 3-6 to seed. Um, to me, which for a lot of programs is great, Bill Self has never been worse than a four at Kansas. So when you say that, people start to freak out here and say, no, no, that would be awful. A four, five, six seed would be considered his worst team. Um, certainly it hasn't looked that way early. The Jayhawks had one stumble when they had some foul trouble, um, and injury trouble against Tennessee. And other than that, they've pretty much rolled.
0: Yeah, as I was looking up, just kind of previewing this this Kansas team, I watched Kansas kind of through the tournament last season. I didn't recognize a single name. I had to double check to make sure I hadn't just forgotten. Outside of Jalen Wilson, that was about the only name I remember. Has this team not really had that many kind of chemistry
1: issues, learning moments, anything like that so far this year? Yeah, You know, it's crazy. Um, You know, I'd point to Texas Tech transfer Kevin McCuller. Um, which as an aside, Jalen Wilson has brought like so many different players to Kansas and he's referred to each of them as his best friend. And it's been kind of a funny thing. Then he played against Davion Harmon and that was his best friend. They recruited RJ Hampton, who's in the NBA. That was his best friend. So maybe that helps. I don't know. He's friends with everyone. But um, yeah, I mean, Kevin McCullough, for example, had kind of a slow start, was kind of filling in, figuring out what he does well for this team. And then, you know, after a few games, he kind of just took off and I think one of the reasons why they haven't had those issues is Bill Self likes to play a, a short rotation. And I think people on on the beating at Kansas always talk about, well, by March, he's got his seven guys. But, Jacob, I I'd, I'd tell you, the first game of the season and Bill Self wasn't even on the bench, it was Norm Roberts filling in for him. Uh, KU already had a seven-man rotation. And and that was pretty much from the word go. And almost, you know, I guess everyone but one of them was uh, was someone who had been in college basketball for a while. You know, KJ Adams is not Kansas's most talented big man. They've got other higher ranked recruits or guys who maybe have that higher ceiling. But he was in this program last year and Bill Self trusted him on the final play of the national championship game to yeah. be on the court for defense because that's what he does. And, and Bill Self trusts him. And so I think when you talk about chemistry, uh, you're you're seeing that Bill Self might look at a guy like, for example, MJ Rice, a five star freshman, and say, You're really talented but I don't know that I can trust you to be talented with all these other people and make it all work on the court. Uh, And and you really see that in how he plays rotation. So long answer just to say, yeah, it's a bunch of new faces, but Bill Self has looked for those combinations that work best together. Um, And I think that's one of the things he does best as a coach.
0: And part of what's made all this so surprising is their schedule has not been easy. You obviously have the Duke game and then Wisconsin, they beat in overtime uh, the loss to Tennessee, but then wins over Seton Hall, Missouri, all those are top 65 Ken Palm teams. How much has this uh, challenged this team so far?
1: Well, it has, and it's challenged them in different ways. Um, you know, I, I don't think any of us, and, and I've watched about half of Missouri's games just being here at the Star. Um, I don't think any of us know how good that team is, maybe even still. But I'll tell you, that environment was crazy. Uh, I can tell you, just (laughs) being around it, Missouri fans do not like Kansas. And uh, (laughs) when they're chanting, you know, FKU an hour and a half before the game and running up on another team's bus or something, I I saw like their fan section tweeted about that. I guess they thought somebody was KU and they weren't even that. I mean, that's as hostile an environment as you can go to. And, you know, candidly, I kind of thought Kansas might lose that game. And I don't mean to come off like this big pessimist, but. You, you got all these new faces. You got a, a star freshman in Grady Dick who's never dealt with anything like the the vitriol and hatred that you get in a in a crowd like that and a rivalry like that that dates back over a hundred years. Um it dates back to history, not just sports. So um for them to play that well, I, I thought that was really the the one that um maybe raised expectations a little bit. And, and I thought that was a different kind of test because it's one thing to be tested by playing good teams, which for the most part, they've survived, um, especially Duke. They found a way to grind that one out when guys weren't shooting well, and they rarely, you know, do in that first test of the season the champions classic. Um, but yeah, Missouri tested them in a different way. And, and I think that should give them some confidence. The only thing I'd say is maybe you worry a little bit about a letdown spot because it yeah. was really easy to get energized for that game. And it probably pretty easy to get energized for Indiana coming into town, too. Um, so maybe this won't be it, but I, I could very easily see that energy kind of dropping off a little after a game like that.
0: The the last thing I want to touch on before we talk more specifics about this team, uh, a friend of ours, a mutual friend, keyed me in on Bill Self's record at Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah. I jokingly, he asked me what I thought the win percentage was for him. I said, it's really good. I don't know, like 95%. <laughs> that was a joke. That was me aiming high. It's 94.8%. He is 292-16 and in Allen Fieldhouse. He's won as many league titles as he has losses at the venue. I guess that means at this point, if you lose a game, you win a league title, which feels like a a pretty fair trade-off. What makes Kansas so good at home?
1: Kansas fans are nuts, um, and I say that affectionately as a guy who, as a freshman, was in the student section, and then you know, obviously covering the team. You know, Allen Fieldhouse. uh, There, there will be people who tell you they walk around in there and they can, you know, hear the ghosts of basketball past or something. I don't know that it's that. Um, I know Kansas fans are crazy, uh, and and I've told this story before, but I, I like to use it because, you know, Jacob, I'm a Suns fan, and and I went to a Western Conference Final playoff game, uh a game in which the suns won on a game winning dunk at the buzzer with, you know, a second left. And it was a crazy atmosphere and packed house and raucous environment. And, you know, ESPN called it the best environment in basket in, in the NBA that they'd been at that year. And Stephen A. Smith was there and all that. Um, I would tell you a random Tuesday game that KU plays <laughs> against Lido and Allen Fieldhouse might be louder than that. And it's, the fans are packed in like, it's really old timey. It's small. There's not a bad seat because it's not necessarily the most comfortable viewing experience to go sit on the benches there, but it's all packed. They're right there on top of you. The students are on both ends and man, it gets loud. It gets crazy. They have all these videos that like, if the game is tight, late, they're sounding off sirens and firing people up. And you know, you don't think it makes that much of a difference, but you hear stories like Scott drew pulling his Baylor team off the court because he didn't want them to watch the pregame video and get intimidated with all the fans yelling or like West Virginia, the number of times that West Virginia was up, I think they were up like 15 with two and a half minutes left. And it just got nuts and crazy. And KU forces a couple turnovers. Now all of a sudden the ref who's counting, you know, the five seconds to inbound, he called them for like a five second violation on the third count or something. Cause the refs are now starting to get a little bit swayed. Um, it's a crazy environment. There's nothing else like it. And and I've been to, not everywhere, but like, I've been to Rupp for Kentucky. I've, I've been a few places, Um it's just a crazy environment with a lot of history. And then obviously Kansas has had really good teams. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Kansas gets a call uh, every, every now and again, one might say uh, you get some field house advantage there too. So it's, it's probably a mix of all of that, but if you ask Bill South, he would just tell you it's the players. Um, but yeah, for a long time, they had more conference titles than they did home losses. So I guess they've been slipping.
0: Yeah, uh, you mentioning that the ref only counting to three. I'm going to use that as as an excuse right away uh, (laughs) if anything happens on Saturday. We're going to talk about uh, some of the players more specifically and what they bring to the table here in a moment. First, though, betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Um, Get the latest odds, trends, whatever you guys need from uh, pro football, the bowl season's coming up, basketball, World Cup. Uh, everything you guys need bet online is always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts i want to thank you guys for making locked on hoosiers your first listen today for your second listen check out locked on sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only locked on can provide Locked on Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcasts at. I want to talk specifics about this uh, Kansas team, some of the players on it. If you just look at their um, Ken Palm page, there's green everywhere. Uh, They're the 14th uh, ranked team in adjusted offensive efficiency, 11th in defense. There isn't many weak spots on this team outside of free throw shooting. So I, I guess, should IU come in and immediately start hacking and play the free throw game
1: from the get go? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, if you look at KJ Adams, I don't know what he's up to now. But I can say he started the year like over of 11 or something on free throw. So whatever he is, he's probably at 30 something percent. That's because he's red hot now. Um, yeah, so he's 8 you know, of 21. So he's went 8 of 10 since that. So there you go. Um, yeah, not a great shooting team. Grady Dick can make them. Uh Dewan Harris, when left wide open, can make them, but he's not really much of a shooter. Jalen Wilson has always been described to me as more of a scorer than a shooter, which, you know, sometimes people conflate the two. He came to Kansas as like that that scoring threat. And then I remember over the summer, the first scrimmage I watched him in, I think he went like one of twelve from three. And it was like, uh, maybe he's got to find some other ways to get his points. His jumper looks good. He just just doesn't go in. Um, yeah, I, I, free throw shooting is a weakness. It's it's funny to hear those rankings because I think the defense is not where Bill Self wants it's uh, wants it to be, especially because the five man spot is so important in a Bill Self defense. And while he likes KJ Adams, KJ Adams is not a particularly great or even good defensive rebounder, um, which is obvi- arguably the biggest part of defense is is getting that board. Um, and he doesn't have the size really. He can he controls. He he can rim protect by being more of like a lane protector and a paint protector just because he's so strong and being in good positions. And he did block a, a dunk with a pretty cool highlight against Missouri, but he's not really, you know, as big or as long as some of the other centers they've had. Um, and then the backups are pretty much exclusively freshmen at this point. Uh, KU has a guy, Zach Clements, they thought they were going to rely on. They thought he might start for this team. And I can't imagine having a worse start to the year He than, than he is. I mean, he was billed as this shooter, and that's what he was in high school, you know, a stretch five. And I don't think he's made a three on the year. He might not have made a shot yet on, uh, on the year. Um, and, in fact, the game winner they had against, I think, that game against uh, Wisconsin, you know, he bricked a shot, and the point guard ran in, caught the offensive rebound, and, and put it back up with a reverse layup, Backup point guard Bobby Pettiford. Um, so Kansas is not where it wants to be on either end. But, yeah, they they still have been pretty good. Um, it's kind of that weird dichotomy of the elite of the elite teams that top 10, 15 were like being 14th in offense sounds good, but if, if you're Kansas, if you're Bill self and you want to win a national championship, you've probably got to raise that another five, six, seven, eight spots. And that's really hard to do.
0: One area you kind of alluded to in, in one area that would be interesting for IU fans. IU has been a pretty good rebounding team with Trace Jackson Davis around and Kansas has struggled in that area at times this year. Against Wisconsin, they got out-rebounded, or excuse me, against Tennessee, they got out-rebounded by a lot, 40-26. to
1: 26. Um, Has rebounding been one of the weaknesses as well with this team? Yeah, defensive rebounding especially. You know, Jalen Wilson's probably their best defensive rebounder, and they'll let him go back to the glass and then start a break in transition, but... You know, they, they don't want to have to rely on him for everything because he's already using a huge amount of their offensive possessions. Um, you know, his volume is probably unsustainable. And, and then they don't necessarily have a bunch of those guys around that are like, oh, well, this guy grabs five defensive rebounds, even though he's a guard. Or like, I always remember like Frank Mason would grab three or four at the point guard position. And and that's not really what they have right now. So, yeah, I, I would say defensive rebounding is one of the biggest weaknesses of this team. Um, Which I'm sure does drive Bill Self crazy because he talks about it all the time. Um, And and that being one of the biggest stats in games. So, yeah, when I was kind of looking over this matchup, just in advance of this and and reading some of the coverage we've even had on our site from our KUB reporters, um, that's been the thing. It's been rebounding. It's been, you know, Trace Jackson Davis. Is he going to get, you know, he averages three or four offensive boards a game. Is he going to get six, seven, eight? I mean, KJ Adams averages four and a half rebounds total game KU is outside the top 150 in defensive rebound percentage in college basketball I mean those numbers are not where they need to be so it's a, it's a definite weakness for KU
0: yeah as you were saying Duke had 16 offensive rebounds uh, Tennessee had 12 uh, NC State had 11 Missouri had 10 so that specifically could be an area where IU who has been good at, at offensive rebounds it, their numbers have slipped a little bit but as you said an area where Trace has a, a ton of success in, and kind of on that note of Trace in big men, you, we've mentioned him a lot. But Jalen Wilson has taken a, a huge step this season, doubled his scoring. Um,
1: wh- what's kind of led to him kind of taking this role as the the leader of this team now? Well, I think he has more opportunity now, and and I think you know I, I don't want to say it's solely a volume increase because I don't think he was the type of player who could have put up these numbers last year. I I think his efficiency would have dipped in a big way if he was on this volume. Um, But I think he's, he's gotten more comfortable and kind of grown from, you know, sort of a a third, fourth option at times in his career, he's had to be more than that. And now he's kind of seen the other wings he played with two guys who went to the NBA were first round draft picks. And in Christian Brown's case is absolutely killing it with the Denver nuggets. Um, He's seen what those guys did and kind of had this advantage to, to get to sit back, watch contribute and learn how college defenses work, learn how Bill Self's system works. Uh, the things he does really well, he's a good driver. Um, he can be creative to to kind of get to the rim, draw contact, or finish inside. Definite transition threat. He'll grab it and go up the floor. Um, and and Jalen Wilson is at his best when the game is really fast-paced, but that doesn't mean when it slows down. You know, if Kansas has to have an isolation or something, late shot clock, Yeah, it's probably get the ball to Jalen Wilson and just let him run into somebody and see if he can make a tough shot or, you know, draw some, you know, draw some free throws. So um, I've been impressed by his physical maturity. He's always had like really strong legs. He I think he mentioned he gets that from his parents. Um, And and that's allowed him to kind of battle with guys that are bigger than him, because a lot of times he's had to play the five spot for KU um, as sort of an undersized five. And that's probably been more of an indictment on KU center play over the last few years. Uh, but this year, you know, they're really using him as that four, as that wing piece. So he'll have to help out on the inside, too, against Trace Jackson Davis, I'm sure. Um, but KU has put a lot on his shoulders, and so far he has absolutely delivered. And, you know, when you consider his number two scoring threat as a true freshman, uh, you know, that's not necessarily ideal team setup, right? Um, Grady Dick's been phenomenal, but that's you, – you never really – I mean – unless it's like a, you know, no doubt blue chip five-star NBA guy, you, you really don't want to rely on your second best guy to be um, in, in that kind of position. And Grady Dick has stepped up, Jalen Wilson stepped up, and then kind of everyone else has gone from there.
0: That was going to be my last question is just kind of the, the other guys around Jalen Wilson. It seems like in some sense is a, a balanced attack as much as uh, the seven man rotation can kind of allow, I guess, who are some of the other guys to, to watch out
1: for on this one? Well, Grady Dick has an NBA game um, yeah. and, and he takes shots like I've always described. There are different levels of shooters. You got your stationary catch and shoot guys that in college, sometimes people will be like this guy's one of the best three point shooters in the nation. It's like, yeah, when he's standing in the corner, gets a perfect pass and he's wide open. He can knock down 40 percent of those threes. That's great. Um, you can do that, you know, go with like one of those shooting guns to the gym, you know, to your local rec and get those shots too. Um, so that's the first level. Then there's, like, off-movement, you know, coming off-screens. And, and Ochai Abaji was phenomenal at that for KU. Then there's off-the-dribble. And then there's, like, create-your-own-three-shoot-over-a-tight-window. And that's the tier Grady Dick is in. Um, he is a you know, six, eight, he's got length. He, he has a really quick release. He can do it, you know, while being mobile, he shoots in transition. Um, Bill Self does not like guys running in transition to the three point line and launching a three, but he's okay with Grady Dick doing it because he's really good at it. So um, I, I think it starts there after Jalen Wilson, um, Dwan Harris, not much of a scorer, but he sets everyone up. They're in the right spots. And you saw when he was out of the game with foul trouble against Tennessee. Uh, and I think he fell out in like 18 minutes in that game. Kansas's offense fell off a cliff um, and and was just absolutely nowhere to be found. So he's not much of an offensive threat, but he runs the offense. He dictates it. He He's not quite the quote unquote true point guard thing. That doesn't really mean anything anymore, but that he is in a sense, the guy who runs the show. And then on the inside caves, figuring it out. Um, KJ Adams has scored, I think double digits a few games in a row. He's not a scorer. The backups really aren't a scorer, but they are good rim runners. They're athletic. They can be lob threats. So, I think it's a mix of that. And then anything you get from the other guys, Kevin McCuller, Joe Yesifu off the bench. Yesifu can make shots from the outside. McCuller can make shots from the outside. But those are really the bonus guys that you would say if they're scoring, KU is really, really hard to beat. And if they're not, okay, you got a game. And like, let's see who's going to make more plays.
0: Makes for a very interesting battle between the two sides. We'll talk about um, where IU could could potentially exploit some weaknesses And some matchups to watch in this one. Before we do that, let's get serious here for a second. It can happen so easily. You're out with your friends or coworkers. You're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many. It's time to go. And for a moment, you think of calling for a ride. But nah, you're a good driver. You live nearby. You can make it home okay. And what are the odds you'll get pulled over? Even so, what's the worst that could happen? It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. Drive sober or get pulled over. Let's talk about when things haven't been going well for for Kansas this season. We mentioned rebounding would be one of them. Is there anything
1: else that that has kind of plagued this team a little bit? Yeah, I think they go through stretches uh, with the short rotation where they get worn out. Um, and particularly when Jalen Wilson is off the court or Grady Dick isn't making shots or maybe he's in a lull, you know, he's a freshman. There were going to be those stretches where he kind of disappears or maybe they're not getting him the ball. Uh, Kansas becomes a lot more beatable. And, you know, it, it really wasn't an issue against Missouri because Kansas won by so much. But I think Grady Dick started six to six in that game. And I think he ended like six for eleven. And that's kind of been the story of this team at times. They look really, really good. And sometimes like the Seton Hall game, they're able to kind of keep it going and and blow a team out. And other times they kind of let a team creep back in or they're not making enough shots. Um, The bench of this team is a problem. I think the stat was, well, now I'm going to butcher it, but uh, off the top of my head, Kansas had like only one player off the bench score more than two points in a game for like seven or eight straight games, which is just atrocious. I mean, they, they don't get bench scoring, When those guys come in, it's directly tied to when the lead gets cut down. Um, It's very NBA-like in that perspective, where you know Missouri was the example. KU's up huge, up 20-plus, and then all of a sudden it's a 15-point game, and you're like, why is it a 15-point game? Oh, KU has three bench guys in the game. So they they really can't afford at this point to use their bench for long stretches, um, which is a problem, which does come back to bite them. Uh, I think that defensive rebounding and – Yeah, foul trouble to me in this game is something that could absolutely be a factor. Um, Bill Self, his kind of specialty has been when other teams have that one elite player, he figures out a really good game plan against them. And sometimes it doesn't always work. I can remember Buddy Heald scoring 46 points against (laughs) Kansas in the triple overtime game in Allen Fieldhouse. Although Bill Self would tell you that Frank Mason guarded his ass off in that game. And (laughs) as someone who was there... Buddy Heal just hit some shots that, I mean, good God, you don't you don't know what to say when he does. But, um, I, I mean, you think what KU did at times to Trey Young, KU held Trey Young scoreless for a half um, yeah. when they played against him, or, or that was Buddy Heal they held scoreless against that uh, for a half. Uh, KU really held Trey Young down. He had good numbers, but he had really had to work. They made him really inefficient. Um, that, that's kind of the Bill Self model when he goes against these teams. You think about that Duke matchup in the Elite Eight a few years back where KU put an undersized Svee Sphe- <laughs> Luke against Marvin Bagley, yep. and it worked. Svee had a double-double, and KU devised a really good defense against Wendell Carter and Marvin Bagley to get a win in the game that they were a heavy underdog. So um, I think that's the Bill Self specialty, but at the same time, I, I, I'm not sure this team is experienced enough to be able to do as much on either end of the court as Bill Self would like, and so that probably makes them more vulnerable in a matchup like this against a Superstar. It's interesting
0: because it's, a, it's an entering, interesting chess match that might be because IU has been dealing with defenses absolutely loading up on Trace Jackson Davis in the last few weeks that Rutgers lost, the Arizona loss, and they've been figuring out how to be successful when teams take him entirely out of the game. So giving Bill Self a, a week to devise a game plan to do that could lead to IU needing to figure that out again also, it will be interesting with the bench because when Jalen Hood-Shafino plays, which knock on wood he will, IU's bench has been really good this season. So it, that could be an area where um, IU has the advantage in this one. Obvious matchup to watch in this is, is Trace Jackson Davis versus um, whoever Jalen Wilson, whoever it is in that front court. Um, really, Trace and Race versus uh, KU's front court. Have they went up against anyone kind of with the size IU has and how have they fared against them?
1: I think Duke would be the example. Yep. Kyle Filipowski um, for them had like a huge game against Kansas. But that game was, uh, you know, it it was not uh, very artistic. It was uh, <laughs> a lot of bricks. Um, I, I'd be shocked if the rims were still on the, the hoops at the end of those games. So, yeah, I mean, KU's had to bog down a game like that before, and it, it went okay. They got the win. But what happened was it really tired the team out and Jalen Wilson was the case of that. I mean, that was, I mean, you remember Kobe's last game where he shot like 60 times. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was Jalen Wilson, the college version of that. And where like at the end of the game, like they're just like, wait, what are we running? Ah, I don't know. Just give him the ball. And just like, <laughs> go do something. And it'll if it goes in, it goes in. And KU did just enough to creep over the finish line. So, um, and they got a little bit of a flurry from Grady Dick who also got tired in that game. So yeah that's it's interesting the the normally Kansas has deeper teams and it's more of a case of like who does Bill self want to play slash like if someone messes up he's okay you're out of the game i'm just going to go get someone else and this team really doesn't have that because it's a huge risk to say like you know, Dewan Harris has had some foul trouble issues in a couple games and Bill Self kind of called him out for that, even though Bill Self loves Dewan Harris. He's one of his favorite ever players, but it's not really a case where Dewan Harris commits a dumb foul and he's going to say, OK, Joe Yesifu, you're running point because the drop off has been so stark. So, yeah, that it, it really is one advantage in one place where, you know, if, if IU can really pound them inside and, and really make this a game of front court versus front court, they can wear Kansas out. Absolutely. And they can get them into some foul trouble.
0: It'll be interesting to see what role Malik Renew could play in that as well. He's struggled the last couple weeks as the competition has kind of cranked up, but Mike Woodson talked this week about basically potentially letting him play through some of the foul troubles. Mike Woodson is one of the – I was trying to find the stat here on Ken Palm. Two foul participation, he does not. If you get two fouls in the first half, you're done. Mm -hmm. And Malik Renew has gotten two fouls in the first half real quick and he basically said this week, maybe I just need to let him play through it because he's not really playing otherwise. So uh, stuff like that will be a, a, the interesting chess match in this one. Scott, thanks a ton for coming on. Let the people know where they can find you in, in any of their work, if they're interested as well.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm on Twitter at Jason Scott and I, I still, even though, you know, I'm not a, on the K beat anymore. I still do a lot of stuff with KU coverage and work with our writers on that. And, Yeah. KansasCity.com is the link for the Kansas city star. And I will just add on the note of playing guys with two fouls. That is not a bill self thing. He does not play you with, uh, with two fouls. And one time he had David McCormick fell out of a game in four minutes. So uh, (laughs) David McCormick, especially did not have permission to play with two fouls. So uh, maybe you can understand that one a little bit.
0: It could get a little ugly in that regard. Then on Saturday, thanks again for coming on. Thank you to you guys for making us your first listen every day. We'll be back with you on Monday to recap this game. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast, all that fun stuff. As always, guys, I hope you have a great weekend and LEO.